It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Fox News Podcasts presents the Brett Bear Podcast. Common ground. There are a number of senators on the Republican side that continue to want to find common ground. We emphasize the conflict and, and controversy sells. And I think it's a problem because most Americans look at Washington and see something that's broken. Why don't we look for ways that we celebrate what this country is capable of doing? It's amazing what you can do when you get off social media and you start talking and communicating with one another because there is common ground. With Fox News chief political anchor, Brett Baer. It's time for our Common Ground segment. Joining us tonight are Republican Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio and Democratic Congressman Scott Peters of California. Congressman Johnson, let me start with you. Uh, You know, the perception on energy, for example, we're trying to find common ground between Democrats and Republicans or people on different sides of issues. When it comes to energy, you all see eye to eye on a lot of different elements, but the parties seem like they're far apart. Help bridge that gap here between the two of you? Well, I, I, I think both parties listen to too many outside voices. I, I agree with you. There's a lot of, there are a lot of areas where Scott and I and, and some of our Democrat colleagues and the rest of us on energy and commerce do have common ground. We do, we do see eye to eye. I mean, we believe in, in, in the availability of reliable energy. We believe that, uh, that, that we can address climate issues with good solid energy policy. Uh, it doesn't have to be uh, a, a, one-sided, a, a one-sided argument, uh, whether it's uh, uh, advanced nuclear or uh, uh, pipeline permitting to, uh, to get our resources to market. Um, we believe that we've got solutions and if we can find uh, common ground uh, on energy and commerce, which by the way is uh, one of the most uh, prolific legislating committees in the House, uh, we can make some progress. Congressman Peters, your thoughts on kind of 30,000 feet here? I agree with Bill. I think, you know, it's, it's um, we're not going to agree on everything. and Our approach may be different, but one thing we agree on, for instance, is energy security. In the short term, we need to replace Russian oil, uh, Russian oil and gas with uh, U.S. oil, uh, produce, reduce price fluctuations and protect our allies. In the long term, we have to transition away from that addiction we've got to oil and gas uh, to greenhouse to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and get get our energy portfolio widened out to renewables. Um, for me, nuclear uh, and some other things. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for agreement. Bill also mentioned uh, permitting reform. And a lot of the projects we want to build. Um, for solar or for geothermal or for interstate transmission, you know, we're not going to be able to compete with China, let alone make our climate goals if we if it takes us 10 years to build an interstate transmission line. So I think there's some room for cooperation on that as well. Yeah. Congressman Peters, the criticism, and I'll do this for Congressman Johnson on the other side, but the criticism for Democrats is that you all are pushing too fast to get to net zero. Here is uh, Vice President Harris on this issue of the goals and what's going into it. Last year, President Biden set an ambitious goal. Our nation would cut our greenhouse gas emissions at least in half by no later than 2030. And by no later than 2050, we would reach net zero emissions. 
Today, I am proud to report that because of investments like this one, our nation is well positioned to meet those goals. So the criticism, I guess, Congressman Peters, is that, yes, there are goals, but uh, is it at the expense of domestic production? Here's a GOP letter to President Biden, October 25th. Mr. President, this winter, New England should get its natural gas from Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, not Trinidad and Tobago, and certainly not Russia. Americans should not have to rely on foreign natural gas imports because of a lack of adequate energy infrastructure to meet their needs. Increasing our nation's energy infrastructure is critical to ensuring we can meet our growing energy demand demands while continuing to reduce emissions. So from the Democratic point of view, how do you respond to that criticism from the other side? Well, first of all, I think there's some truth in, in both of those statements, but it's a little bit uh, two issues. One is we do need to diversify our energy portfolio for climate reasons and also for security reasons. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it was 1973, people were in gas lines because this is a worldwide commodity. The price is set by the world. Um, and it's a little bit deceptive. I think, well, I'm deceptive, but I think it's incorrect to say that we're holding up domestic energy production. There's lots of leases available uh, for development. The problem is that the, the price spikes in oil scare off investors because as, as soon as prices are up, they go down. One reasonable approach I think that the president's taking is he's committed to, to refilling the strategic petroleum reserve uh, when the price gets to about $70 a, a barrel. Uh, that provides some certainty for investors that that, mon that that demand will be there if they do put new wells in. And I think that's part of the issue as well. We, we rely on the private sector to make those investments. They haven't done that. And that's, it's, a, you know, it's a private sector economy. Um, I, I think in the short term, we do need oil and gas. That's, that's been made pretty clear to us by voters and by circumstances. But in the long term, we've got to get off our addiction to it. And I think um, there's lots of reasons why uh, Vice President Harris is right in the statement she made. Yeah, Congressman Johnson, I guess from the flip side is that uh, Democratic critics would point to Republicans saying that they don't fully appreciate the threats from climate change or don't even acknowledge it in some corners uh, and therefore are not really doing much on that front uh, to sign on to what the administration's goals are long term. Yeah, uh, Brett, I'm that's just uh, that's just patently false. It's not. We're we're not climate deniers. Uh, I can tell you, I'm a farm boy. Nobody wants to keep the air, the land, and the water clean uh, any more than I do because I know how uh, human life is is dependent upon it. Uh, but but when you're when you're talking about uh, just basically getting rid of fossil fuels, fossil fuels today. Uh, provide uh, over 90% of the world's energy. And uh, for America, for, for leaders in America to think that we can stop the production of fossil fuels here uh, while the rest of the world is not going to do that, it just, it just doesn't make sense. And like I said earlier, uh, uh, good energy policy is good climate policy. I mean, if we were to simply export four times as much natural gas as we are today. And we could do that very easily, by the way, because we got a lot of it. 
it would have more of a carbon emission reducing effect than if we were to electrify every passenger vehicle in America, put a solar panel and battery backup on every home in America, and build 54,000 industrial strength wind uh, windmills, all combined. Uh, America has reduced carbon emissions by any other nation on the planet, and we've done it through advances in the way we harvest natural gas and use it to generate power. All right, so just wrapping up here, a few seconds for each of you, Congressman Peters first. Uh, of the list of bipartisan bills and initiatives that you think are possible, is it we've got permitting reform, transmission sitting reform, exporting nuclear energy, protecting trees, building hydrogen pipelines, protecting communities from extreme weather. That's on the list. It, how much is realistic in the current environment with a Republican House, Democratic Senate, and a Democratic administration? I think actually every one of those on that list uh, is within our reach because look, we're, we recognize that a divided government is the normal is the normal um, condition in federal in federal policy, and um, you know for anything big to happen, it's got to be two political parties. So I'm looking forward to working with Bill on the Energy Subcommittee, uh, with my Democratic uh, colleagues and Republican colleagues in the Senate, with President Biden. We can make a lot of progress on each of those things. Uh, if we um, keep our head down and don't pay attention to um, the outside groups, I think is what uh, it's what Bill called them. Yeah, Congressman Johnson, last word. Yeah, I, I agree with Scott. Scott's one of my favorite members on the other side of the aisle to work with because he is so common sense. It's not just on energy policy that he and I work on. We work on other areas as well. Uh, and, and I can tell you, I think he's, he is actually right. Uh, there are a lot of things on the table that we could find common ground on if we can just roll up our sleeves and, and get to the table and go to work. I know Scott's committed to that. Uh, I am as well. All right, we're going to take a quick pause here. We'll be back after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. One of the other areas uh, that you all do see some common ground is uh, the national debt and your concern about it. Uh, you've both kind of signed on to a letter about uh, concern about the national debt, and that's something that you both think is, is in the nation's interest to deal with. Uh, Congressman Johnson first. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the national debt as a percentage of our GDP is projected to uh, quadruple uh, over, the next, uh, over the next 30 years. And, and, and I can tell you, we cannot continue to spend the way that we're spending. Uh, we need to be smarter about what we spend money on. Uh, we, need to, we need to look at, at, at all of the mandatory spending that's going out the door, how we reform those mandatory programs. Uh, Scott and I have been working with a, with a group called 30 for 30. It's 30 Republicans and 30 Democrats. Uh, that that sit down and we put our party ideology, uh, leave it at the door, and uh, and we look for those areas where we can find agreement. But Scott, I I know you have some ideas too, so let me let me pause here and uh, let you weigh in on this because I know we've worked a lot on this together. Yeah, Brad, I think we're you know there was a real um, it was a really lax period for a little while on the Republican and Democratic side. I don't think. Um, 
I don't think either party behaved particularly responsibly with respect to this. I think there was even some sense that inflation was over. It would never come back. And boy, um, I think we've learned that, um, yeah, history history wins that battle. And here's inflation. Um, the, you know, the federal government is going to start paying more in, in interest than we do for the national defense, interest on the debt. And that's robbing a lot of important investments from Americans. And so from, from both parties' perspectives, whatever your priorities are, I think we've got to get we got to get the country on a sustainable uh, fiscal path. Doesn't mean we're not we're never going to borrow money. Sometimes that is the appropriate thing when you make investments and you get a return. But we can't be borrowing money to pay our expenses, which is the unfortunate habit that I think both parties have gotten into, and that uh, you know we're going to really take a hard look at how to break. Yeah, and I guess that's tough to break because, as you mentioned, both the Republican and the Democratic parties uh, have not really embraced that. If it's a couple of presidential cycles ago, we had candidates campaigning in front of a debt clock. Uh, but that mm -hmm. has seen to go out the window, Congressman Johnson. And is there, do you think, a renewed commitment uh, to dealing with that? Uh, it doesn't seem like it's been at the forefront. Well, well, I can tell you that there's a there's a growing contingent in the House that understands that this is a very serious problem. Uh, there's a there's a, a a large and growing group that believe that we've got to have budget and appropriating reforms, uh, put some teeth in the budget process. Uh, you know, maybe go to a uh, biennial. Uh, budget process with uh, with an annual appropriating process. Look at uh, uh, programs that are unauthorized and what's going out the door that Congress has not really put its stamp on. Uh, I know one area that I believe, and I, I let him speak for himself, but I think Scott and I both share the concern that over decades Congress has given up its Article One authority to control the purse strings, and uh, and we need to get that back so that the voice of the American people. Uh, are is heard at the table when it comes time to write those checks. Yeah, I mean, we need to in the media do a better job of covering some of this stuff. It's it's a little bit like the the country doesn't fully appreciate how uh, a bill becomes law, how the finance process works up on Capitol right. Hill, and how the money gets through. Um, it, it's you know you've you've got to follow it and explain it uh, because come election time, it's not easy to fit on a bumper sticker, Congressman Peters. Well, and I think, look, I mean, it, you know, it's it's easy to get caught up like Bill and I are, are you know, in Congress. We get caught up in the the, the insider uh, baseball on, on the process. What this means is, you know, we we are the are the dollar is the currency of the world economy. That's because our our balance sheet is stable. Um, and if we want to continue to invest, if we want to compete against China, we got to keep a stable balance sheet. Uh, and uh, that's something that we accomplish over time by working together and, and by setting up rules and holding ourselves accountable to them. It's not just about you know changing how Congress works. It's really about the result for the American people. And if we're spending more on interest than we are in the national debt, for instance, or the national defense, for instance, um, we're really compromised with our ability to handle the next crisis. We were able to borrow money um, to respond to the coronavirus. Um, that's an appropriate time to borrow money. But if we don't keep a healthy balance sheet, the next time a crisis comes that we have to we have to step up to, whether it's health crisis or a climate crisis or a security crisis, uh, we won't be able to do it. And that's why uh, we got to get a hold of this this and the sooner the better. Yeah. 
Last thing for both of you, um, you know, if you look at social media, if you look at 24-hour news, uh, you can see that this, this country is pretty divided. Uh, if you look at the results of the last election, it's pretty divided. Listening to you all, this is one of the reasons we, we did this Common Ground segment, is to kind of show that there is a way for different sides to get together and get things across the finish line. What do you tell people when you say that, when they say Washington is broken, Congressman Johnson? Uh, well, you, you certainly have to, uh, you, you can't disagree with them when you look at the results that are being produced. I mean, you know, the debt continues to go uh, through the ceiling. Uh, inflation continues to rise. Energy prices continue to rise. Uh, the, as the pendulum, pendulum swings from one party to the other, uh, there's a wide, uh, a, a wide disparity between the types of policies that uh, that we uh, that we pursue uh, for the American people. Uh, but but I think at the end of the day, one of the comments that I get a lot is, why can't you guys just get together? and sit down and talk this out and do the right things for the American people. And, and I'm proud to say that I, that I work with a group, uh, uh, they're called the Problem Solvers, Brett, you know who they are. Uh, Scott sure. is one of them. Uh, there is a group of us that sit down and actually try to do exactly that. Yeah. Congressman Peters, last word. I mean, you, a lot of people remember that uh, movie, Dave, where the, the president gets down on the back of an uh, envelope with a pencil and kind of gives a <laughs> figures it out with the leaders of Congress right. how to do yeah. it. It's, it's more nuanced than that. But, boy, it seems like there are people hungry for that kind of uh, common sense. Actually, I think that's what the last election showed is people really wanted us to get together and work together. They don't like, um, you know, they don't like the craziness on either side. They just they want they want us to be able to figure it out, and not have to worry about it. They want us to come together in community with unity. The the name of the country, Brett, is the United States of America. That was the idea that Ohio and um, and and California would not be at loggerheads. We would be joined as a country trying to solve these these problems. And that's that's where Bill and I come from. And look, I, I would tell you uh, he votes wrong all the time. He tells you he'd tell you I vote wrong all the time. Um, but there are places where we can come together, even though we disagree a lot uh, from issue to issue. And I think that's that's our job. And that's what um, I think people like Bill and I will continue to try to do. And I appreciate also this segment because um, a lot of the coverage that 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 uh, gets on the air are the people throwing rocks and making drama and not the people who are you know, doing the boring work of legislating and solving problems. So uh, kudos to you as well, Brett. Uh, well, we don't think it's boring. We actually think it's pretty, uh, pretty interesting <laughs> to hear all these things. And we really appreciate your time. And please spread the word up on Capitol Hill. Maybe more people will come down to Common Ground for this segment. We appreciate it. All right. Take care. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you very Thank much. You appreciate you having us. Congressman, thank you very much. Thanks for being on Common Ground. You can catch Common Ground under the Brett Bear podcast on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. We'll be having Common Ground every week, once a week, and you can find us here. See you next time. Hey. 
Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch.